Alrighty everyone, last episode we talked about OCIs and preparing for OCIs and some of the things that you can do, including knowing the dates, uh, being prepared with your resume cover letter, etc, etc. Well, I spent a lot of time in that episode talking about the cover letter. This episode I want to talk us and talk more about the resume and only focusing on the resume. I did that on purpose because the resume, in my opinion, is the most important tool that you have. Uh, they may look through your writing sample. Actually, the big firms will look through your writing sample. They may skim over your resume, uh, your cover letter, just so that you can actually they can see uh, what you might be interested in, just to get a feel of how you're writing. But ultimately, what they're going to be interested in is your resume, at least until they meet you in person. So your resume is going to be a big selling point. Why? It's going to have your credentials on it. All right, where you place in law school how you did it in your undergraduate. What kind of work experience do you have and that is going to give them some additional information? So there's some things that we need to know to talk about when it comes to this resume. What we're going to focus on is the style and formatting of the resume and then we're going to talk about what is included in the resume. I also do want to point out, I'll point this out at the end of the episode as well, but at the beginning of the ep- in this episode, on lawschoolers.com, uh, the, I wrote an article about this, and this episode is basically an outline of this article. But I provide an example of my resume that I applied to law school. That is on online. You can see it. You can uh, look at it as an example. And then I also provide a template there. If you want to go into lawschoolers.com, you can find a template, a blank template, where it just all you have to do is replace the text and uh, fill in in the resume that you can go ahead and submit when it comes to OCIs or other interviews that you may have. So let's go ahead and talk about the style and formatting of the resume. My opinion is that the more simple and professional your design is, the better it is. Uh, there's a lot of resumes out there that like to be all cute and bubbly. Uh, in addition to the professional part of the resumes. Uh, and the big reason why people do this is, well, they say it shows personality. If you got uh, cute headings, colors, then it's going to be all, uh, all fun. And in my opinion, that's actually not helpful at all. Uh, and in some professions, well, I'd say some professions that could be helpful. Uh, if you're going into graphic design, maybe. Uh, but... In the legal profession, I would avoid that altogether. Right. Why? It's going to be distracting, quite distracting. The purpose of the resume is to draw attention to your credentials, not an engaging headline. Uh, that could actually pull the attention away from those credentials. So how's it going to look? Well, let's go ahead and start at the top of the resume. Uh, just like your cover letter, the top line of the resume is going to be your name. Line right underneath that is going to be your contact information. These are going to be the first thing that your employer sees. They need to know who they are interviewing. Uh, this information is going to be centered and, uh, I mean, a good appearance. And then I like to divide each line, uh, each section with a line. And so after you've got your heading, I actually don't put a line after my heading, but then you've got your education, your work experience, volunteer experience, and hobbies. And 
in between each of those sections, I like to do a little page separator. Uh, not a new page, but a new page uh, divider. Just a line. Kind of looks like a table, but it's not. Ultimately, it's a border. Is If you're on Word, you just go ahead and add a border underneath the text just to give a difference of appearance. What about margins? Well, margins are going to be really straightforward. One inch by one inch. You might be able to cut cut in a quarter of an inch. Might not be noticeable, but it's better safe than sorry. Just stick with the one inch, one inch. Uh, Times New Roman, 12 point font. You might be able to go as little as 10 point font. I would also avoid going smaller as well. Uh, I'd say minimum is going to be 11 and then contact info maybe 10. Uh, as far as your information goes, uh, underneath each of these sections, we'll get, talk about this more in a minute, but the overview or your information is going to read left to right, and then the dates that you participated in certain activities are going to appear on the right side of the page. And I think that's everything that I've got to say about formatting and styling. Um, but what's actually going to be included in the resume? Uh, very first thing is going to be your educational history. Uh, a lot of the time it's because this is your largest credential. After that, you're going to talk about your employment history. Then after that, you're going to discuss your volunteer and leadership experience. I combined this just because I was running out of room on my resume. And ultimately, my volunteer and leadership experience has been synonymous in the sense of what I have volunteered as I've had leadership positions in those capacities. And then one final section is going to be your achievements or awards and any other interests that you have. This is going to be where your personality can come out. So let's go ahead and talk about educational experience. Uh, if you are undergraduate, applying to law school, you're going to want to just have your undergraduate, all your undergraduate locations where you went to school. Uh, if you were a transfer, include both. Include the GPA for both, any honors that you had for both. If you are in law school, you're going to just want to put one, your most recent, where you got your actual degree from, a bachelor's degree, and then you're going to want to put your current law school information. I should also mention one other formatting thing is you want everything to be from ascending to descending order. So most recent at the top and least recent at the bottom. So when you're looking at your educational history, if you're currently in law school, your law school is going to be the first item that appears and your undergraduate experience is going to be the second item that appears. Uh, most especially big firms are going to care a lot about your GPA and your rank. Uh, for some people that's a really fortunate thing, other people that's not as fortunate of a thing. Uh, but most people like it there, especially if you're, I'd say top third for sure, maybe top 50 as far as including your rank, but your GPA should always be there. Alright, Let's go ahead and move on to the next section of employment history. As a young professional, uh, you're likely to have had several experiences in the workforce. And these are going to 
going to mostly be short-term experiences. Uh, a lot of the time people work multiple jobs through school or they might not work any jobs through school or they might have had internships which only last a few months. So there are a couple of things that your employers are going to look for. They're going to look for longevity if they can. How long were you at a position? The longer, the better. That means that you can hold a job and that you're enjoyable to be around and easy to work with. So they're going to look at how long you were at a position. Another thing that they're going to look for is do your positions match with what we offer? And so, for example, I had an internship during my undergraduate. That internship always appears on my resume. And the reason why is because it was law-based, law-centered. I worked in personal injury. And so I used that to say to law firms, hey, I've already worked in the law a bit. I can be, provide a valuable asset just based off of my background experience in this field. Now, there's other jobs that I've worked in the past. When I was in high school, I was a lifeguard. Sure, I was there for a couple of years, but it has zero information related to what I'm currently wanting to get into. Additionally, it's an old job. That was years and years ago. And so I'm not going to include my lifeguard position there because it's not an adequate reflection of where I'm at today. And so sometimes it's this balancing act of when you're at a place longer, you want to keep it there, but if it's unrelated, you may want it to go away. If it's related but shorter, you may want to keep it there because it might be that kind of experience where it's only an internship or an externship. And so you may not have had the opportunity to turn it into a long-term position. And employers are going to see that and they're going to know that. So it's all about finding that balance when it comes to what jobs you put on your resume. You may be able to fit four jobs on your resume. Uh, anything more than that, you're going to be breaching onto, the, onto a second page and you don't want to go onto a second page. So ultimately, you're going to fit between three to four jobs. Uh, three is typically what I see. Uh, you're going to list your employer, your position, uh, what dates you worked for that employer and that position and then a couple of bullet points outlining exactly what you did there. I would also like to mention if you are currently walking, working two jobs when it comes to the ascending to descending order, if you're working on March 2020 to present and then uh, January 2021 to present, then you're going to put the job that you've worked longer at first in that list. That way you can emphasize that long-term position that you've had. Okay, so that's employment history. Let's go ahead and talk about volunteer and leadership experience. Uh, employers like to see what good you've done for the community and what good you may be able to do for their firm. Uh, volunteer experience uh, shows that you're a good citizen. Leadership experience shows that you can help benefit the firm through leadership opportunities. It's pretty straightforward. All it is, it's going to employ, inform the employer about your capacity to work well with others, and it's potentially going to inform your employer a bit about your personality as well. What do you enjoy doing when you have extra time?
And that kind of leads us into the achievements and other interests as well. What awards do you have? Uh, for me, <laughs> my awards compilation is pretty pretty small. Uh, I was a, an Eagle Scout when I was a teenager, and that, that's the majority of what I, I have to offer awards-wise. Uh, but once you get more and more in the professional field, those awards should add up. Uh, this is also your opportunity to uh, share some of your interests. For me, it's writing, it's podcasting. Uh, even though I'm trying to get better at those all the time, I also do a couple of things that are uh, just fun to list there: rock climbing and hiking. Uh, it's a matter of what can you contribute and share a bit of personality, but also. Uh, It'll be an opportunity for the employers to see, look, this is something that I enjoy doing too. This person seems pretty cool. So that's the formatting and what to include. And so once again, I just want to emphasize and go ahead and look at this article. I'll, I'll go ahead and link to it in the show notes. Um, and in that article, you can see my example from my actual resume and then the template that you can download as well. But that's how to really just build the best resume that you can for getting a good position. Have a good one, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro, and you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is, if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.